must have a bad sense of direction. Go back. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. All right. This is uh, from Robbie Robertson, just passed away, and most of the discussion has been about his music with the band and his, you know, flight with Levon Helm and that sort of thing. But... He made some albums after the band. Uh, he took a long hiatus from the music business and then came back in. And there's this album called Storyville. I think it was made sometime in the 90s. And it's about New Orleans. And because there's a part of New Orleans, there's a bar there called Storyville. And it, it's, it's a great album. And this is a song called Go Back to the Woods. So like about some Cajun guy who comes into New Orleans and tries to be like he comes out of as my uncle Dave who lived in New Orleans called it the cane break Thibodeau Morgan City somewhere comes in tries to be a big deal in New Orleans and tell him to go back to the woods it's a great song it it sounds a little bit like Dr. John it's kind of that you know, I think he's got the Neville brothers singing back up on it. You know, wow. he, he did it the right way. So, a- anyway. He just uh, needed Professor Longhair to play, but he I did. think he had already passed yeah, away. Professor Longhair's been gone a long time. He was Dr. John's mentor. But Robbie Robertson passes away this week at the age of, I think, 81. And, uh, you know, so that's Levon Helm died, I don't know, five or six years ago. So those are the two mo- most um, well-known members of the band, which got named the band because they were Bob Dylan's band that made him go from folk to electric, and people hated it. See, they were with Ronnie somebody in the Hawk, Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks. That's what they were down in like Little Rock. And then they moved to New York and become Bob Dylan's band. <laughs> Interesting story. Wow. So, and of course, Robbie Robertson. Then he and Levon Helm got into a big fight over the royalties. 
So there's always something that goes wrong. But, you know, Robbie Robertson, I mean, they the band retired when they made the movie The Last Waltz, which hmm. was their final concert that was made into a movie. Uh, Coppola did it. And that was it for the band. And they pretty much were out of the business. Of course, then Leon Von Helm kind of did his thing. And he didn't really want to break up the band. Lee Von Helm didn't. But uh, I think that Robbie Robertson felt like, you know, there was too much drug use and a lot of things that were just not good. And, and I think that their last concert might have been 78 or 79. Oh, wow. And, you know, and that was it until, you know, they started making individual albums, um, I believe. I mean, I don't know the, what they all ended up doing. but That's one of those true cases where people actually broke up after their farewell tour. Or their yeah, that was it. Walt. No, that was, the it was planned. It, yeah. was, it was the others didn't. Well, the Who's had how many uh, much money farewell and, tours? Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, like so the, the, Eagles, the Eagles, yeah, yeah. The Eagles are doing But every it time they go on a new tour, you know, the money's like 40% more than it was the last time. So. Well, in this one, they named the Long Farewell Tour. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, Elton John is going on. Elton John's been on one for, what, two years yeah. or something? I saw him on the, the Hell Freezes Over Tour when I was little. The Eagles, not Elton John. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Eagles. And I mean, that was supposed well, to be their, their last Yeah, one. and they all got in this big fight. And, and evidently, um, the guy that died. Glenn Fry. Yeah, he could be kind of a jerk. I mean, yeah, apparently him and Henley both, you know, yeah, they're and they they pretty, ran off the guy that the other guy that just died, um, Randy Meisner. Yeah, Randy Meisner died. Yes. Yeah, the guy I who didn't was, see that he was yeah. supposedly taught Tom Petty how to play guitar, although huh. Tom Petty denies they it. They ran him off. Oh, that's a shame. I didn't know. I didn't hear that. Uh, and I think he had some. Well, and the the uh, guitarist substance issues. The guitar the the original guitarist too. Um, uh, he wrote. Uh, Life in the Fast Lane. It was oh, yeah. him and Walsh. Um, act, the name leaves me. But uh, Hotel California, uh, he was a big writer in that. Um, and yeah, he, he's not with them anymore no, either. No, that's not a – I don't care how much money you pay me. I'm, I'm not going to do that. All right. <laughs> so you guys have this thing you want to do for the whole hour. The whole hour. Gosh. Buckle which up. Which is now about – 32 minutes. Tom, don't sound so excited so, about it. I mean, okay. So now you're getting a 32-minute hour to talk about this, as long as I don't discuss any music at the beginning of the next thing. So go ahead, hit it. This year, um, we, we've seen it with <clears throat> a lot of people that have been coming in, prospects, and it's just it's sort of the same overarching question uh, asked differently, but it's the same question. Um they're either getting ready to retire or they are retired. Uh, many of them, you know, they have a 401k or some employer savings plan, retirement plan. And the run up in the market this year, um, just talking broadly, the S and P 500, um, the basic question is how to convert that to an income stream. Um, Talking on the market for just a second, I just this this shows how how weird the market has been this year. We've talked about you know the magnificent seven, the large the the mega cap tech primarily companies that have driven the market this year. This is this is unbelievable. So the S and P five hundred through the close yesterday is up thirteen point nine percent year to date. 
the equal weight S&P 500. So that we're not changing the holdings. We're just changing the weighting. So instead of being market cap weighted, it's equal weight is up 4.29%. So you're looking at 13.9 versus 4.29. Huge discrepancy there. You know what happens if it starts to turn around? Fiscal cliff. Fiscal cliff. So... That's kind of an inside joke. You remember when we were facing a fiscal cliff? Yes, I'm not. We really got, a, not we really got into all that. That was that was. So so the I'm the one that keeps bringing it up. It, Mike is, would rather forget. <laughs> With most employer plans, um, th- their their index like. Uh, funds inside you're gonna be of in the s p 500 you're, you're so gonna, you're gonna be up this year you're gonna be up this year and when you're looking at this big of a disconnect between the two the the question you know has been how do you reversion con- regression re- reversion to the mean do you have the underperformers come up do you have the outperformers come down is it a combination Both. of the two exactly they meet in the middle exactly so how do you convert it? Well, they could the, all go down. Yeah, yeah they could. That, that's going to be the overarching theme. How do you convert it to an income stream? But wh- I want to talk about this first. You know, why convert it to an income stream to begin with? You know, why not have it be invest? Why not have growth, quote unquote, growth portfolio? Um, when you're looking at wealth, uh, or let's let's look at it. You know, the the the, the adjective. You know, rich, wealthy, and income. What does it mean to be rich versus wealthy, and what role does income play in that? So when you look at some, somebody that's quote-unquote rich, so let's say, oh, you use an analogy, you have a, you have a, ho- a house that's paid for. Right. Current market value, let's say it's a nice house. You've got some land, $2 million. Sure. And it's paid for. Mm-hmm. And you look at your other liabilities, you really have no liabilities, but you have a $2 million paid for house. On paper, that you look rich. You know what? That thing's nothing but a liability. It sits there, you pay right. taxes, you got a, you got a, you, you got maintenance. What's maintenance supposed to be? Three or 4% a year? Yeah, of the I value figure of, four to five, yeah. Yeah, maintenance, tax. You're talking about a hundred grand a year That's right. going out, you know, and, but here's the thing. The problem, the problem is, is that house prices keep going up because we have a shortage of housing. Yep. So I would argue that to some degree, and I'm not, I'm, I know what you're, where yeah. you're going yeah, with. Yeah, come it. with it. To some degree. Hit me. It's been somewhat <laughs> offset by an appreciation, but that can't go on forever. Exactly. And therefore, you have to be very aware of a hack. Sorry. So that did all the listeners catch that? Did you catch that? She was going to eat this thing. All right. So the point, she doesn't even think that's funny. Let's put uh, this on the best of. Yeah, exactly. So the, 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 the thing is, what you're getting at is you're going to want to tra- take that thing and convert it to something that pays you something. Exactly. Because, yeah, I got, I got where you're going. Because that asset in and of itself isn't – that. that's not leading to wealth. Wealth is – it cuts deeper than rich, you know, rather than assets versus liabilities. All right, so wealth, how are you going to define 
Rich versus wealth. Wealth goes into quality of life. You know, uh, that encompasses income. Wealthy, someone that's wealthy is someone that has more income on a monthly basis than what's going out. That 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 that's right. wealth because it it leads to quality of life. You know what is your quality of life? What do you need uh, to live on you to meet your basic expenses plus the extra things that you like to do? That's that's wealthy. Uh, we've seen rich people not be wealthy because their their outgo is way too okay. much than what's coming. Now in. you really need to hammer that one. You really, 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 because that's some good stuff right there. Come back and say it again in case somebody didn't hear it. We've seen rich people that would not be wealthy people. So let's get real specific. Rich equals this. Wealth equals this. Say it again. Rich equals a number on paper. Your assets are X, a certain number. Wealth is quality of life, a.k.a. income. Living within your means. Exactly. Being, having a good life and having your assets actually producing something for you, just not showing you some number on paper. Right. Would you say that wealthy is the equivalent of having your money work for you instead of you working for your money? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's absolutely I mean, a That part house of it. thing you just described, that's you working for your money. That I sounds mean, like a nightmare. You're, exactly. you're, you got money going out, maintenance and whatnot. Not that there's anything wrong with having a paid-for house. No. But um, you can't live off of a paid-for house. No. You, know, you, you have can, other you assets. You can mortgage it. Yeah, but if you have other <laughs> assets <laughs> that pay that maintenance and you like living there, you can yeah. hire people no, to do that's things. Right. That's, that's right. That's wealthy. But if you just have the house and you don't have enough income to cover things, you have to keep working just to maintain exactly. the house. Well, that's not wealth. And, Tom, you, you've you've shared a, an example you know that you've seen in the past. It was... A, a lady whose husband had passed away. It was a, a relatively large amount, but she couldn't bring herself to convert that to any kind of an income stream. Right. And, you know, it, that's where... Now, I had a lady one time when I was at... It might have been the same thing you're thinking about. When I was at another firm, she had a relatively large amount of GE and IBM. Yep. And as I recall back then... You know, the dividend on GE was around, you know, two and a quarter percent. And the IBM was even lower. It was around one and a half. And she had a tiny amount of Social Security, but not much because I think her husband had done something where it didn't really get paid in. And so, you know, she had a, uh, she had a house that she had to take care of. And uh, maybe 15, 20,000 bucks a year. In dividends coming in, in off the stocks, twenty five maybe maybe seven or eight hundred a month in Social Security, and she's having to you know pay for all this stuff. And uh, I went out there, and she was living in very dire straits. She didn't hardly have enough to eat, but her husband had said, "Don't ever sell those stocks." So therefore, she was doing what her husband told her to, which was to not sell those stocks. I'm not sure what became of her because I was never never able to, uh, uh, you know, make her into a client. I wanted to get her in something paying more like five 
6%, which would have raised her income to, I don't know, 40, 50, 60,000 bucks a year. Yeah. And, uh, she, she was not going to do it. And, and so that's a, a prime example. It's exactly of, the example. She wouldn't sell any of it yeah. to live on. And, and most of these retirement things are predicated on the idea. If you don't convert it to income, you got to sell what you accumulated to, to get your distribution. I know a lot yeah. of people that are doing this and living like that. Right. And <clears throat> the, the other thing to, that when you start drawing, it, it's, it's a way to view money. Um, a lot of people view that dollar amount that they see on the statement in their mind. They picture, this is what it'll purchase. This is what it'll buy me. This is what a million dollars will buy me. When in reality, what you need to be thinking of is that million dollars will produce this income stream for me in retirement. It's a entirely different way to look at it. You don't look at it, as you said before, Tom, like a checking account. You view it as an asset, something that's producing an income stream for you. Um, So, you know, this million dollars, rather than saying this is what it'll buy, you say this million dollars, it's producing 50,000 a year in income through dividends, interest. So it's, it's what it produces for you. And then you back into, here's what my expenses are. And you know, that's where the, 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 the planning and having that meet up with the investment approach, which where those two coincide, but you have to view money differently when you start pulling it out. Right. Uh, I, I, I like, I like, it was a it was a quote uh, from Morgan Housel, who he, he wrote the Psychology of Money. He said when most people say they want to be a millionaire, what they might actually mean is I'd like to spend a million dollars, and that's literally the opposite of being a millionaire. That's right. Because people who accumulate, they 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 accumulate by being productive and having more coming in than's go, than, than is going out. Um, right. And you're not going to change the nature of somebody you know, when they retire. I mean, that's still in their nature. Um, and so that's where you get into the difference between, you know, retaining those assets or having them spin down over, over the life of retirement. Right. So we've had this run up in the market. More than likely, if you're in a 401k plan, you've had this run up in your portfolio. And like we were just talking, the big discrepancy between the S&P 500 and basically, you know, those seven stocks versus everything else in the market. Now you can, make, I, I can make a good argument for converting that into an income stream. Now that doesn't mean foregoing growth and growth of income over time. Uh, but you look at valuations in the market right now, some things are ridiculously expensive. Other things look ridiculously cheap. And there's other things that look just fairly valued. But when something, when, especially with a dividend paying stock, when it's fairly valued or cheap, that means it has a higher current yield. We'll get into that in detail, you know, kind of in the next, in the next segment. But that's when when you're looking for something cheap, when you're looking at an income stream, you look at what that means in relation to the yield, current yield 
of the stock. Right. Well, let me clarify one thing too, Mike. You're not saying to cash out of the stock market. You're not talking about market timing. No. You're talking about taking advantage of some of the price, uh, the, the big price differential between growth and value uh, stocks or income producing stocks to try to, to move things around a little bit to lock in some of those gains and pick up some invest some income uh, some investments that generate current income on the cheap. Absolutely. Right. All right, so I potted that music up a little bit early, but we will roll with it. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, and our host, Tom Dupree. If you'd like to convert your portfolio, say that five times, portfolio. Call us at Okay, so that is my mature husband, Tom Dupree. And he was saying our phone number, 859-233-0400. I will say it again. If you'd like (laughs) to convert your portfolio into an income stream for retirement, call us. You can also go to our homepage of our website, dupreefinancial.com, and schedule an appointment directly on there. Again, our phone number. 859-233-0400. 859-233-0400. We'll be back in a minute with more of the Tom Dupree show with or without Tom Dupree, maybe. Stay tuned. We're going to work on his microphone anyway. Yeah. This is Tom Dupree. What do you know about investing? Perhaps what you know is limited to what you hear on CNBC read in the Wall Street Journal. You might be surprised to learn that investing can be made a lot simpler than you might imagine. At Dupree Financial Group, it's our aim to make the investment process very clear. If you schedule a complimentary appointment with us to review your retirement investment accounts, we'll describe them for you. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 Zero four hundred. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio six thirty WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at www.dupreefinancial.com.
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree. And we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So this is the uh, concert version of uh, the Robbie Robertson song, which of course was also done by Joan Baez. Uh, this came from the, uh, you know, the last Waltz concert. It's from their album, and the vocal, of course, is Leon Levon Helm, who was also the drummer. But the song was written by Robbie Robertson. Robbie just passed away, I think, just this week at the age of 81. So it makes both he and Levon Helm the two real best-known members of the band uh, have died. So, uh, and that's a heck of a movie and concert. If you've never looked at it, it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, they knew it was going to be their last concert, so they had Martin Scorsese film it. Or Coppola. Coppola. No, it might have been Martin Scorsese. I don't remember. I think it was Martin Scorsese. Anyway. All right. Let's get into what we're doing. All right. So, we talked about, you know, you have an asset that if it's in a 401k, it's likely gone up this year. Um, Now the question is, how do you convert that uh, into an income stream. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I found it was a, a quote actually by Jack Bogle, you know, Vanguard. And uh, this, is, uh, this is what he says, says, you want income to help you pay bills. And in the retirement stage, that's what investing should be about. Regular checks from dividends and or social security and or from a pension account. So, you know, even Bogle, um, you know, indexing and things um it's uh, it it's the shift in focus on what the money is there for uh you know an income stream so you look at different ways to invest that are kind of marketed out there for income Um, what we do we prefer companies that pay dividends and we'll get into that deep here in just a minute what is a dividend um but other things that are marketed out there, uh, you look at immediate annuities, for example. Oh, Where, I hear those are good. <laughs> now, to be fair, they can be used properly. Um, but with Oh, yeah. I, you weren't saying index annuities. You were saying immediate. No, you know, immediate annuities can be very helpful. Yeah, immediate annuities can. But here, here's the difference, though. With an immediate annuity. Martin Scorsese. Was it Scorsese? Yeah. Yeah. Um, with an immediate annuity, you're trading your principal, the value of whatever it is, for an income stream. Now, and therefore, your principal is now gone. Your principal's gone, and it it all you you are pure income. It's like you took your principal and turned it into a social security check. Exactly, and by definition of income, that doesn't meet the definition of income. You know, because what is a lot of that? It's a return of your principal. Exactly. Now, you don't know how much of that's actually income until after you die. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. An immediate annuity is typically issued by an insurance company because insurance companies play both sides of that 
when are you going to die thing. Yeah. They write policies hoping you'll live longer, insurance policies. You know, what they want you to do on a life insurance policy is never die. But in case you do, they write immediate annuities hoping you die tomorrow because then they won't have to keep paying out Mm -hmm. the thing. We had a lady who was a client of ours buy one, and she was in her early 80s, and they calculated her life expectancy to be like maybe 89 or 90. She lived to be 100, which meant that after a while, she'd gotten all her principal back. Yep. And now it's income. And But they can be very helpful if you have a fixed expense that needs to be covered. We don't sell immediate annuities because they're a commission product, and that's not how we operate our deal. But um, they can be very helpful for certain people. Well, and and – her situation was very specific. She had a mortgage payment, and it covered the mortgage payment. Well, and and, and no beneficiaries, no beneficiaries, um, and because that's that's a, a big part of this. You know yeah. what we're hoping to do is create an income stream for our clients through dividends and interest payments, dividend and interest payments, um, and our clients still have access to their principal. Uh, and, yeah. and hopefully you see that principle grow over time. That's um, right. that, that's the hope. So you're not trading that principle. So when you're I not say, depleting your principle to, to, uh, invest in things that are, well, yeah, one, one you're, thing you're that, hoping for growth that we need yeah. to say here, when they started these 401ks back in the late seventies, <laughs> right when I got in the business, there were almost no choices. You know, they had like three things you could put your money into, maybe three. They also had um, mutual funds that had an 8% load on them back then. So if you contributed uh, $100 a month to your 401k, you were actually only investing 92 of it, and, and 8% was going away in the form of a commission. Over time, the 401k plans got way more sophisticated and people had lots of investment choices too Too many many. Mm -hmm. and they and and so you had some disasters happen and my guess is that some of the sponsors got sued over that so therefore they then dialed it back and they gave you fewer choices again in certain cases, you could go sort of outside the plan, do your own thing, but you had to know how to do it and ask somebody because they didn't make it easy. Yeah. So, but most of what you got was an S&P 500 fund, uh, maybe some kind of international fund, a bond fund of sorts, and then what they call a stable value fund, which it's is, an insurance contract. Yeah, it's a gick. It's like a money market fund, but it isn't. And that was, you know, you might have a small cap or a Russell 2000 type thing, but your large cap exposure primarily was going to be something like an S&P 500 fund. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so, therefore, the, the people that uh, have those plans are generally going to be exposed in that kind of way. Now, it might be another kind of fund. It might say this and say that. It's got the same stocks in it for the most part. Those investment vehicles rarely pay much in the way of dividends. Yeah. Now, a lot of people don't really understand the difference between a stock going up in price and it paying a dividend. There are a number of people who think if a stock goes from $10 to $12, you got a $2 dividend. Yeah. That misconception, we, we would think, oh, God, they'd never think that. Oh, yes, they do. And in a year it didn't go down, it didn't pay a dividend, you know, or <laughs> the year that yeah. it went down. They take the dividend back if it goes from 10 That's to 12. Right. They back took to it 10. away from you. Bad dividend. Bad dividend. <laughs> so so the, the truth is, whether the stock or the mutual fund goes up or down in value has nothing to do with the dividend. The dividend is paid independently of what the price of the security does. Now... That's on a stock. Stocks are ownership of the business. Bonds are a debt of the business. They pay interest, which is more guaranteed than a dividend. But we like both, and we invest in both. The thing that you need to understand is that dividends are your principal paying you money to own something independent of whether it goes up or down in value. Mm -hmm. Growth investing is entirely dependent upon it going up in value. Now, what I, you know, and I understand you can't be an expert in everything, but lots of people have a lot of these things in their portfolio and they really don't know what they own. In fact, I would say that's over 90% of the people that come in here. Yeah. It might be over 90 95% of the people. How many people do you get come in here and sit down and say, well, I own this fund. It's, it does this. It's got this sort of feature. It's the beta is this, it's invested in, in sort of small cap Argentine stocks, <laughs> you know, or it's in, it's more weighted towards financial services. And this fund right here is heavy in this. No. They never know that. Doesn't happen. They, ha they Very don't. Very seldom. Has it ever happened? Yeah, it yeah, has. It has. It has. And the guy comes in and then we ask him, they what do you bring do? a spreadsheet why are you with here? them when they come in you if know, they know what they It's own. like, you know. Yeah. yeah, why are you here? Well, the, the guy says, I'm getting sick of doing this. Exactly. You know, it's, it's taking three hours a day. Yeah. And then we get some of those accounts. But for the most part, most they part don't they have don't. any idea. Right. And, and it's usually the answer is they gave me the menu. I set it up. 20 years ago and it's just been that since yep and i sometimes when the market's down i don't even look at the statements right so you don't even look at the statements <laughs> don't open the envelope what are you doing <laughs> i'm sorry 
So uh, we don't talk that way to people. No, no. You, you you look you look at a the other idea of continuing on with growth while you're taking income from it. So the idea of growth is okay. You buy stock at ten dollars, goes to twelve dollars. You sell it. You made two dollars profit. That's your quote unquote gain or your income. But it's not your dividend. It's not your dividend, and. When you start taking distributions, that's a regular thing. You have monthly bills, you know, life happens, and you need to take a certain amount out each month. So if you're betting on growth, you're saying, I'm buying it today, and I'm going to sell it in, let's say, six months, and it's going to have a gain. Sometimes that might work, but then the next time it's like, okay, you had success this time. Do it again. Good. Do it again. The shorter your time horizon. Do it again. The, the less likely it is you're going to be selling at a higher price and growth, that's right. growth vehicles. And, and that's, that's the other part of this. Like it's exactly is dividend investing. It puts time back on the investor. So side. let me, let me yeah. just kind of summarize some of what you're saying briefly. If you come see us, we can't tell you what anybody else is going to tell you, but if you come see us and bring in your statements and you have your retirement investment account you're going to get an analysis and a proposal of how you can take what you've got and convert it into something that will pay dividends to you in many cases without liquidating your principal now if you have certain income requirements which exceed the ability of your size portfolio to be invested in a way to throw off that much in dividends, then you might have to figure into it a partial liquidation mm-hmm. of principal from time to time. But if not, if we're you know if you're if you're the size of your portfolio is adequate to produce um, dividends that would more than cover your monthly needs, you know, we're going to set something up for you that does not require liquidation of principle for it to work. Right. And, and here's, <clears throat> it's a dynamic portfolio. It's a dynamic plan because things change in the market too. Um, sometimes dividend paying stocks can get very expensive. Right. That happens. Um, now, if you own them and that happens, that's a good problem to have. You're happy to have the problem. But now what you own isn't produ- on a current yield basis isn't producing as much. If you much. had to buy some more of it. And so this is, this is the dynamic part of it. So that's where the portfolio management comes in. Which, makes, which we have to be nimble. In robust. order to keep your portfolio Robust. That's that's you know that's just the two you know that's that should be an ongoing you know nimble you and robust keep it nimble to be robust robust so, to be nimble. It, it's it's a dynamic portfolio. That's what you things. should name your next two dogs. <laughs> We're not getting two more dogs. <laughs> you knew that was gonna. You, you knew you were gonna elicit that response. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah, Mike. Yeah, sorry, exactly. You knew that. Um. So. It's dynamic. Things change Cruel in the market. You can't just leave it in Nimble something, set it. You can't set it and forget it. Things change. 
Um, that's where the portfolio management comes in. And it, it's life changes too. Um, if your income needs change, like you said, Tom, um, there's, there's times when you're going to need to take, possibly take more than what the, the dividends, uh, are producing. Um, because otherwise you might have to get too concentrated in a particular holding and it, the risk doesn't justify it. So then that's where the portfolio management comes in. You have X amount in cash or short-term bonds, whatever it is, that's getting into the portfolio management of it. And that's what we explain to our clients when we meet with them every six months. But you right. also have people when they come in, they'll come in and say, here, I have to come up with this kind of money. What is the most effective way to do it? How am I going to do the yep. least amount of harm to my principal? And that's the thing where Mike can sit down. We can sit down with you and tell you this is the the least impactful on your on your principal to do it this way. This when we factor taxes and all these other variables into into uh, into the equation. Well, and that's the importance of having a team. You know, you have you know everybody you know has their eyes on different things, different perspectives. Uh, everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. Um, and when, when you discuss investments, when you're meeting with clients, there's, there's more than one set of eyes on things. And that's the importance of having a team and not just a single person. Yeah, it does. I wanted to play a different song going out, but Elizabeth. Has well, the bad guy again. Well, one other thing to note too, is that if you came to see us, at the end of last year, the stock market was down, bonds were down. So what we're going to be able to invest in is a, is different than what we would invest in right. today. So that's why you really do need to have that conversation. It needs to be a dynamic relationship because our advice is going to change based on current circumstances and what we see over the near term. That's right. Yeah, it's dynamic. Sometimes things are, it's like being a, a guy that, looks for shells on Sanibel Island. Sometimes there's nothing there. Sometimes you've had a storm out in the ocean and you got all kinds of shells. That's why you keep looking on the beach every day yeah. because you don't know what's going to wash up. That's why we're constantly looking at stuff. You know, we got some things we're going to look at next week and uh doesn't mean we'll buy them. Yeah. You know, it just means we look at stuff every week. We're just gonna we've got new uh, new things to look at this week, and the week after that, we'll I don't have think some other we looked at anything this week. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Tom's yeah, a yeah, we, 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 we really did. Yeah, no, the, you the get those. You get those play. four. I've got it teed she, up. She, I got it. I got it. Uh, you she, all get those four a.m. notifications <laughs> that Tom is. Uh, this is a song called "Cruel to Be Kind." So, you've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, and our host, Tom Dupree. I've got to close out. If you would like your, Thanks everybody to for make listening. your money work for you with an income radio stream, I'm going to really... I'm back I'm on gonna, now. Okay. <laughs> you tried to... <laughs> okay, you all. I have completely lost control. Thanks for listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Come see us, 859-233-0400. Our website's DupreeFinancial.com. That is a wrap for today. What's the phone number, Tom? Thanks for listening. And I'm going to meet you for good. You better stop. <laughs> Tune in next week. We'll be back.